Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, folks, for the longest time, for the longest time, the media were telling us that there is no way that Donald Trump didn't know about the meeting that Donald Trump Jr. had at Trump Tower. It was a nothing meeting. Nothing came of the meeting. The whole idea that it was a critical linchpin in this investigation is so ridiculous and so preposterous. And so they just kept hammering this. And Adam Schiff was one of the main propagandists pushing this idea that there's no way that Donald Trump didn't know about Donald Trump Jr.'s meetings. And in fact, there were certain calls that Donald Trump Jr. had made, mysterious phone calls ahead of the 2016 Trump Tower meeting. And Adam Schiff accused the Republicans of purposely covering it up. Now, I want to report something to you from CNN. And CNN has been one of the worst perpetrators of lies involving this administration that there can possibly be. And yet, it has received leaks from the Senate Intelligence Committee. Leaks that are very relevant. Senate investigators have obtained new information showing Donald Trump Jr.'s mysterious phone calls ahead of the 2016 Trump Tower meeting were not with his father. Three sources with knowledge of the matter told CNN. Donald Trump our president has been telling the truth from the beginning. He said he didn't know about the meeting. He said he didn't discuss it with his son before the meeting. Records provided to the Senate Intelligence Committee show the calls were between Trump Jr. and two of his business associates, the sources said, and appear to contradict Democrats' long-held suspicions that the block number was from then-candidate Donald Trump. It's not just Democrats' long-held suspicions. This propaganda was pushed by CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post, their analysts, their experts, their lawyers. It was endless. The president said, look, I, those calls, you know, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, right, right. He had to. He's a cover-up. He's a liar. The information came to light recently and could answer one of the key questions over the meeting Trump's eldest son set up to get Russia dirt on the Clinton campaign. First of all, Trump's son didn't set up the meeting. He was lured into the meeting. 
and they didn't get dirt on the Clinton campaign. The Clinton campaign contrived dirt using Russians, among others, and a foreign ex-British spy, among others, and you know the story. So you get a warrant. Trump Jr.'s phone calls involving block numbers, meaning the numbers are private and do not appear in the phone records, have been a lingering issue as investigators have probed the meeting and whether Trump himself had advanced knowledge through any means that his son, son son-in-law Jared Kushner, and then campaign chair Paul Manafort met with a Russian lawyer promising dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, let's just stop there. Let's say all that did happen. Who cares? Who cares? But it didn't happen. And they were trying to take down this president in a thousand different ways. And this is one of the ways. This is one of the key ways. He lied, you see. He lied. And we need to get him under oath. We need to get his testimony. He didn't lie, the president. He told the absolute truth. This is why this will not lead in any broadcast in America. It will not be the front page headline across the top on any major newspaper in America. Day after day, week after week, month after month, the suspicion was planted with the American people, and this is how it works. The truth, the facts never catch up. Trump Jr.'s phone records included calls with two blocked phone numbers the same day he exchanged calls with Russian pop star Emin Agarov, the son of a Russian oligarch, who spearheaded the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Russian lawyer Natalia, whose name I can never, whose name I can never pronounce. The calls came three days before the Trump Tower meeting, and an additional call with a private number occurred several hours after the meeting. CNN has not confirmed the identity of the business associates who spoke with Trump Jr., nor what they discussed on the calls. Well, how would they know what was discussed on the calls? And why does that matter? The purpose of the calls and the relevance to the Trump Tower meeting and the Russia investigation is still unclear. Of course it's unclear. It's not relevant to anything. The Senate Intelligence Committee's two-year investigation into 2016 Russian election interference is still ongoing. It's unknown whether the committee is still investigating the Trump Tower matter. Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr, a North Carolina Republican, and Virginia Senator Mark Warner, the top Democrat on the panel, both declined to comment. It's not evident whether special counsel Robert Mueller has also obtained the phone records disclosing the identity of the private numbers, but the Trump Organization has provided both Mueller and Congress with a range of Russia-related documents. The documents show the calls were not with then-candidate Trump, that Trump could resolve a key line of inquiry that House Democrats have said they want to get to the bottom of this year now that they are the majority party and have control of investigations. And so it is, ladies and gentlemen, another lie by the media. Will the media correct across the board what the media have been propagandizing about? Since knowledge of this meeting at Trump Tower, this nothing burger meeting, no, they won't. Even here when CNN reports this, it doesn't correct the fact that endless numbers of their guests, 
experts and even anchors were speculating on and on and on because they hate Trump and they wanted to get Trump. This is under the radar. This came out eh, about 45 minutes ago. I'm the cleanup hitter. I'm here to catch this stuff, and I will catch it. And I wanted to alert you to it. So the headline story is, the President of the United States did not have foreknowledge of the Trump Tower meeting. These calls were not to or from the President of the United States, then candidate Donald Trump. That he was telling the truth from day one. And the media were lying, and their mouthpieces were lying, and they will never be held to account. I don't mean held to account by the government. I mean by their own profession. They will never be held to account. You have to look on these reports with extreme skepticism and even cynicism when you understand what's taking place here. They can make these allegations. This is what the president means by the fake media. It's worse than the fake media. It's worse than a fake media. This media is destroying our country. It's dividing our country. It's undermining our country. We're the ones who believe in freedom of speech and freedom of the press. They are using the press to destroy the press. They're a disgrace. It's like now this guy, Chris Christie, the Atlantic City Orca. The Atlantic City Orca is all over the place, trashing the president, which is why he's hawking his book. He can get on these liberal shows. Unless he trashes the president, he won't get on these shows. He went on Stephen Colbert, a.k.a. Colbert's show, and he's asked, would you be a better president than Trump? He says, yes. This fat slob was a lousy governor. Drove up taxes in his state. A lousy governor. New Jersey didn't move from 49th or 50th in every category except the good ones. He was a big mouth. And he says, the president, the president didn't know. I told the president, remember? I told the president, don't shut down the government unless you have an exit strategy. There's no exit strategy, dummy. You use it as leverage to try and negotiate. And he's not done yet. We'll see what happens. Good, bad, or indifferent. But I do remember, don't you, Mr. Producer, not long after the hurricane, there was some beached whale in a state park on a beach. Remember that? Turned out to be the governor. He was there. His family was there. Having a hell of a time. This guy couldn't get elected governor again in the state of New Jersey. Anyway, this is the big news. Senate investigators told Trump Jr.'s mysterious calls weren't with his father. Look how we have to disprove the allegations that are based on nothing but speculation. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One hundred and seventy five years. That's how long Hillsdale College has been around. As we start a new year, Hillsdale's entering its hundred and seventy fifth year, but in all of that time it still holds the same principles since eighteen forty four. The college was founded to teach students to seek truth, to recognize what is beautiful, and to hold up what is good. Most colleges have lost their way. 
and are now in the grip of political correctness. They reject the idea of objective truth and peddle moral and cultural relativism. Not Hillsdale College. Hillsdale continues to provide sound learning essential to preserving civil and religious liberty. Hillsdale is my favorite college because it has stayed true to that mission and extends it nationwide on behalf of liberty. From its free online courses to its free speech digest and primus, from training leaders at their Kirby Center in Washington, D.C., to helping establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide, Hillsdale is educating Americans to restore our freedom. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. You know, I've got some Pelosi audio here, which I don't normally play. We'll play it later just so you can see the insane fool that the president's having to deal with and what the Democrat Party has become, the incoherence, the stupidity, and all the rest. And how uh, we are so disturbed by Mitch McConnell and his gang of uh, doofuses. They really is a terrible, terrible thing. And yet that's what we're faced with. And uh, I just want to point it out to you. The President of the United States has criticized his top intelligence officials who testified the other day downplaying the threat of Iran. And for this, the president has been attacked. He's been attacked by the usual types in his own party. He's been attacked by the usual clowns in the media. Um, Turns out the president is right. The president is absolutely right about Iran. The Iran deal fundamentally funded the terrorist regime in Tehran. He was told not to kill the deal. He killed the deal. This is the same intelligence community that became, as our buddy Jordan Schachtel writes, a conservative review, hyper-politicized and weaponized during the Obama administration. Acted on questionable information, such as the Clinton-funded steel dossier, to substantiate Russia's supposed impact on the 2016 elections. Now, given that reality, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise that this IC product appears at times to passively, aggressively take issue with President Trump's foreign policy decisions. You see, the senior levels of these agencies just below the top are still loaded with the same fools who were there during the Obama administration. The IC assessment, intelligence community assessment regarding Iran, incorrectly and bizarrely labels Iranian President Hassan Rouhani as a centrist. When he's a radical. He is a terrorist who has openly encouraged Iran-backed terrorist groups to export Iran's ideology through force throughout the region. Additionally, in labeling Rouhani a centrist, the report does. The intelligence community product contends that there is a strong ideological divide within the Islamic supremacist regime. Now, we know this is false because Ben Rhodes, the former National Security Deputy Director, in an interview he did where he spilled his guts, said that was the scenario that they pushed into the media, that the media then regurgitated in order to get the Iran deal done, 
And he admits it's a lie. That there is no centrist president in this regime, including Rouhani. And in an effort to sell the deal with the Tehran regime, the legacy media and Obama administration officials, as I just pointed out, took pains to separate so-called regime reformists from hardliners. And we know that's a lie now. This hardliners versus moderates or centrist distinction is deliberately deceptive. Any individual running for president or a seat in parliament in Iran goes through a substantial vetting process by trusted elements of the regime. Many who want to run for elected office are ruled out by these vetting authorities and immediately forbidden to run for office if it is determined that they present a threat to the future of that regime. All so-called elected officials in Iran are committed to the regime's expansionist ideology. Only their tactical approach to pursuing that endgame is different. Trump knows more and is acting more responsibly and more intelligently than Coates and the rest of them. And yet immediately, the knee-jerk media, following the knee-jerk Democrats and some of the knee-jerk Republicans, condemn the President of the United States. And while the worldwide threat assessment does in fact mention Iran's strong proxy terrorist organization, in Lebanese Hezbollah, it calls it, the assessment fails to point out that the Lebanon-based Shiite jihadi group is entirely subservient to Tehran. The threat assessment of Iran isn't entirely inaccurate. It does take note of Iran's growing and aggressive cyber warfare campaigns, its support for the, for the Houthis and Hezbollah, the IRGC's intrusion into multiple foreign countries and Iran's undressed detention of U.S. citizens. However, that doesn't discount the intelligence community's failure to understand that it's the regime's radical ideology, which all of its officials are fully committed to, that is driving the force. The IC's high-profile annual report, of course, touches on many other issues, such as the growing threat from China and Russia, in addition to non-state actors and so forth. But it's got Iran all wrong. And the President of the United States is right. He's right about a lot. And you need to know it. And Molly Hemingway, the intrepid Molly Hemingway over at the Federalist, makes a very important point today. She says... The media and the Democrats in this country have made it nearly impossible for the President of the United States to build a wedge between Russia and China because anything he does with Russia is considered a sellout. And now Russia and China have combined. Have combined their, their intelligence, are combining military, sharing military information, and are building an alliance. I'll be right back. Have you ever thought about the word education? It means to lead forth. Now, let me tell you about a place that leads forth. Hillsdale College. At Hillsdale, students are challenged to discover the right way forth by reading the greatest books by the greatest minds in history. And they learn the meaning of the three ultimate and related things, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, unfortunately, many of our nation's other colleges have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. But as we begin a new year, we can be thankful that none of this applies to Hillsdale College. 
For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. This is Hillsdale College. Please visit Hillsdale. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. President of the United States in the Oval Office today explaining that he's right. And these so-called experts, they're wrong again when it comes to Iran. Cut eight, go. Do you still have confidence in Gina Haspel and Dan Coates to give you good advice? No, I disagree with certain things that they said. I think I'm right, but time will prove uh, that. Time will prove me right, probably. Uh, I think Iran is a threat. I think it's a very big threat. And I think I did a great thing when I terminated the ridiculous Iran nuclear deal. It was a horrible one-sided deal uh, that was $150 billion plus $1.8 billion in cash uh, and lots of other bad things. Uh, if you remember, they took our 10 sailors uh, out of waters that people are disputing and made us look very bad. But, of course, the payment was due the following day, so they eventually let them go, which they had to. He's got good instincts. John Brennan was on MSNBC today. This man, I'm at a loss for words to describe him. So I'll use words that the left will understand. He's un-American. He's been trying to undermine this president from day one. He is un-American. The extent to which he was involved in this dossier matter uh, really ought to be investigated, and one day will be exposed. What tends to happen is 10, 20, 30, sometimes 50 years later, you'll have honest men and women in the media or just researchers, researching books or otherwise, who dig into the archives and get information and expose these people for what they are. John Brennan, in the way he's undermining this president, the way he's attacking this president's every word, is doing more to help the Russians than anybody I know. Same with Adam Schiff and some of the others. They spread lies and propaganda about our president while he's trying to deal with these threats. And John Brennan was a patsy. He was a lapdog for Putin and Xi and all the rest. And it was on his watch as director of the CIA that this former communist, Brennan, did almost nothing, nothing effective to engage the Russians and their interference in our election. He hasn't been held to account. He hasn't been held to account for his endless lies in front of Congress. He's paid to be a a flack on cable TV by MSLSD. The same network who hires all kinds of flax. By the way, I didn't know Valerie Jarrett's daughter was a chief reporter over there at CNN. I believe she's covering 
the Justice Department. Did you know that, Rich? I hadn't heard that before. Maybe I'm missing some. There's so many of them, it's hard to know. Like when they hire, uh, uh, what is it? Flake. Or the three former Weekly Standard types. Or Ana Navarro, low IQ. Or on and on and on. They basically hire never Trumpers. They have a here and there, a, uh, a conservative who is pummeled, who's personally attacked. But here is the loathsome John Brennan. And I'm starting to wonder if he is in a mouthpiece for the Russians. Cut nine, go. And these are individuals who put themselves at risk and also their families. Who are uh, excuse here. me, they have not put themselves at risk. You clown. Go ahead. And these are individuals who put themselves at risk, and also their families who are back here, who are trying to keep those home fires burning. How do they feel about a person in the Oval Office? Oh, I guess he's talking about spies overseas. Well, they do put themselves at risk, particularly when there is a liberal in the Oval Office. They put themselves at risk. But what does that have to do with anything? Go ahead. It's about their loved ones and the work that they do day in and day out. Shut up, you idiot. Shut up, you idiot. The spies overseas and their families, the president cares mightily about them and our military, much more than you or your former boss did. And he's even gotten some of our people back, including people who aren't spies. Damn better than your administration. Feckless and weak. That's what you are. That's what your administration was. The President of the United States is questioning the intelligence advice that he's getting. Too bad John Kennedy didn't. Too bad Lyndon Johnson didn't. Too bad Richard Nixon didn't. Among others. You jerk. Meanwhile, there's Joe Scarborough. Broadcasting from Jupiter, I think. Jupiter, Florida. Isn't that what I read, Mr. Producer? And they put, like, the Capitol behind him and the White House behind his lovely wife. And they wanted you all to think that they were broadcasting from wherever it is. New York, New Jersey. Just tell the truth. Can't do that. So Scarborough jumps in, as you might guess. And he comes in with the most outrageous, over-the-top, stupid comments. I think he's dumber than Don Lemon. I think that's hard to be, too. He is dumber than Don Lemon. Here's Mr. Deliverance, Joe Scarborough. Go. People need to stop saying that Donald Trump is taking a different position than all of his intel chiefs and from the United States military, from the CIA director, from the NSI, uh, from, from, from the FBI director, from all the directors that he himself selected all Republicans. How is he taking a different position than FBI director Ray on what? On what? And he doesn't typically take a different position than his CIA director, his NSI director. He's questioning their conclusions about Iran, as he should. Because if you actually read what's been written, it doesn't seem right. They're downplaying the threat. They're playing right into the hands of this. This is exactly what the Obama administration did. Pretend there's a moderate or reformist movement in Iran. There's no such thing. Zero. Not within the government, obviously. Outside the government, yes, but not the president of Iran. 
Like the imams are going to put up with that? Look at how stupid this guy is. Go ahead. Stop saying that Donald Trump is taking a position different than them and just need to start saying the truth, which is Donald Trump is adopting Vladimir Putin's position on the FBI, on the CIA, on on Dan Coates, on, on, on every intel leader of the military. Ever hear anybody this loathsome? Seriously, folks. This program, as you know, I've said it a thousand times, the favorite among the North Korean generals. He's taking Vladimir's position, Vladimir Putin's position, position, when he's questioning the conclusions that they've reached on Iran, when he's being tougher on Iran than his intelligence directors, when he's being tougher on Russia than Obama, when he's absolutely creaming China? Is this guy a drunk or something? Or is he one of uh, John Boehner's uh, pothead clients? I mean, what the hell is with this guy? Go ahead. Intelligence leaders. He, he has decided that he is going to adopt the position of an ex-KGB agent. Can I ask you something, Joe, man to man? How do you look at yourself in the mirror? I know you do constantly, but seriously, how do you? You know you're full of you-know-what. And you go on this crackpot network, and you sound like the biggest crackpot among scores of crackpots. You're proud of yourself? Now, I know you've hit the big times since leaving Congress. You're a very wealthy man. I'm not against that. That would be your party and your ideologues that you surround yourself with. But you've lost touch with reality. With reality. You have such a hate on for this president, and you had such a love on not that long ago. It's incredible. You really should be broadcasting in a six-by-eight room with an orange juice can tied to another orange juice can. Maybe your lovely wife would be at the other end. We can talk to each other and sound like the insane maniacs that you are. Repulsive. It's like this guy Brennan. How the hell did this guy Brennan ever get confirmed for a high job? I think he's unhinged. He's off his rocker. Look at his face when he talks. Well, if you dare. Former director of the CIA. Very, very scary. We'll be right back. Mark in. Our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, 
It's Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and it's Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu to learn more. That's hillsdale.edu. Hillsdale.edu. You know, this Planned Parenthood ought to change its name to Planned Murder because that's that's what it's really involved and that's what it's really doing. It's not Planned Parenthood. It's planned infanticide. Anybody who can defend this, to me, is evil, is evil and should be rejected as a friend, an ally, a political figure, or anything of the sort. Well, point of personal privilege here. At the end of the show last night, A caller called in from Los Angeles, not a very nice person, and the caller said that I am a shill for Israel, and then went on to say, all I do is accuse everybody over there on the other side of being part of Hamas. Then we ran out of time as he was yelling and all the rest. I'm not a shill for anybody but my own country. I am a shill for the United States of America, and I am proud of it. And I love this country with every fiber of my being. As did my father, as does my mother, as do all the members of my family. My heritage, my parents escaped, parents, my uh, great-grandparents escaped from Russia during the pogroms. They were so happy to come to this country. They asked for nothing except their freedom. And that was everything, everything. They didn't march around the streets with the Russian flag. They didn't retain their Russian language as the first language taught in their household. They told their children, my grandparents, to become Americans. That this is the place of opportunity. Learn English. Be part of the society. Freedom. Freedom. That's all we need. Freedom. We'll figure out the rest. For some immigrants, that's the current mentality, but for too many, it's not. That's the danger of progressivism, identity politics, post-modernity, call it whatever you want. Now people are said to have a right to come to America, a right to government benefits, a right to this and a right to that. And we don't even have a right to say no. And I've looked at some of the documents of my great-grandparents coming through Ellis Island. They had to demonstrate that they were good enough to become Americans. That they had some money in their pocket. That they wouldn't be wards of the state. That they had somewhere to go. Somewhere to live. That they would show allegiance only to this country. Not the country they left. And so forth and so on. And they were thrilled to do it. And thank God they did or I wouldn't be here, my kids wouldn't be here, my grandkids wouldn't be here, in the greatest country on the face of the earth. We were born here, we were lucky. That's fate. I look at this little country Israel. The beginning of so much that is great about humanity. 
So much that is great about humanity. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. Christians call it the Old Testament. Jews call it the Bible. And then I look. I look at Hamas and I look at the Palestinian Authority and I say to myself, what do these terrorist governments contribute to this worldwide society? What do they contribute? Death and mayhem? They abuse their own people? Blood sport. Blood sport. I'm not a flack for anyone or anything but liberty. I know right from wrong. I know good from evil. And that's what I stand for. Good against evil. Liberty against tyranny. I may not always be right, but I'm not far off the mark. I'm not far off the mark. You've got three anti-Semites who were just elected to the United States Congress as Democrats. They're praised all over the media. They're paraded around by the Democrat Party. One's a Muslim whose ancestry, I believe, is Somalian. Another's a Muslim whose ancestry is Palestinian. And another, well, Aok. And I listen to them. I listen to them. They attack our own country. They attack our own constitution. They attack our freedom. They attack our constitutional system. They have a deep-hearted hatred for this country as they do for Israel. And that's the point. And that's the point. But for that little piece of land over there, there would be no Judaism, there'd be no Christianity, in fact, there'd be no Islam. And but for America... I, I can't imagine what the world would look like. What took place in World War II with, with China and Russia today. I stand up for righteous people who do righteous things. I reject terrorism, murders, and their regimes. It's that simple. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Man, I have so much I want to talk about and share with you, but time is short. Elizabeth Warren on Bloomberg today, I just feel I have to get their words out there. I have to get their words out there. So you can hear it and you can spread the word. Because I've always believed and I believe now it's the grassroots that'll make the difference. It's you speaking to family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, and then them speaking to others 
Here's Elizabeth Warren on Bloomberg today trashing capitalism. I mean, they are way, way off. They are way out of the closet now. Go ahead. Capitalism without rules is theft. Encouraging companies to build their business models on cheating people, that's not capitalism. That's not competition in the marketplace. That's not producing consumer surplus. So what I believe is capitalism with serious rules. And that means rules where everybody gets a chance to play. I have no idea what this means. Does anybody? Businesses, companies build their business model on cheating people? Is that what America's all about? All of you folks out there who have small businesses, retail business, restaurants, whatever you have, are you building your business model on cheating people? Um, not producing consumer surplus? What does that mean? So what I believe is capitalism with serious rules, and that means rules where everybody gets a chance to play. What does that mean? What does any of this mean? Let's try, let's try this again. Do you appreciate you, not you, I know you do, her. Do you appreciate freedom? Do you even know what it is? Ms. Warren, you ever walk into a department store? You ever walk into a mall? You ever shop online? You ever take a, a jet across the country and marvel at it? Marvel at it. You ever marvel at the technology under the hood of a car or on your dashboard? You ever marvel at the fact that you have washers and dryers and toasters and dishwashers and freezers and refrigerators? Just go to the store and acquire them. You ever marvel when you go to a pharmacy that they have so much that's good to take care of you, even though you'll complain about the cost and the insurance companies? How about over-the-counter drugs? You ever walk down those aisles and see what's available? You ever been to a major grocery store or supermarket? Of course you have, Ms. Warren. Aisle after aisle after aisle of things people want, things people eat, things people use. And the vast majority of it's affordable. How does that happen? Because companies are building business models that cheat people? What does that mean? I have no idea what it means. Go online and look what's available to you from throughout the country. Throughout the world, yes, but throughout our country. We're the leader of innovation. TVs change, radios change, telephones change. How many houses in this country are without running water? Very few. How many houses in this country are without electricity? Very few. How many houses in this country are without natural gas? That are you know, that use natural gas? Very few. How many people do not have a roof over their head? Truthfully, very few. We attack our fast food restaurants. There are countries in the world that would kill for fast food restaurants. That would kill for fast food restaurants. 
Tommy, what should we have for dinner tonight? What do you mean? Chinese food, Italian food, Thai food, Indian food, French food, American food. What should we have for dinner tonight? If you want to go out, all kinds of choices. What kind of bread do you want? 12 grain, 7 grain, 5 grain, no grain, wheat bread, white bread, country white bread, Kaiser rolls, Italian rolls, potato rolls. What kind of bread do you want? What kind of jelly do you want with your peanut butter? Well, maybe you don't want jelly. Maybe you want jam. Well, you both come in what? Ten different flavors? And how about your peanut butter? You want diet peanut butter with less sugar? You want crunchy peanut butter? Smooth peanut butter? Small size, medium size, large size? What would you like? How about eggs? You want six eggs, 12 eggs, 18 eggs, 24 eggs? Large eggs, extra large eggs, extra extra large eggs? What kind of yogurt do you want? You want Greek yogurt? You want vanilla yogurt, plain yogurt, strawberry yogurt, mixed fruit yogurt, different sizes of yogurt? What kind of milk do you want? Fat-free, 1%, 2%, whole milk, lactose-free milk. What size do you want? Let's head down the baby aisle. What kind of food is in the baby aisle? How much food? What kind of choices do you have? Endless. Look at the diapers. Endless. How about toilet paper, which half the world doesn't even have? One ply, two ply, three ply. How about that? Paper towels, one ply, two ply, three ply. How about trash bags? Five, six different types of trash bags. Amazing, isn't it? Go down another aisle. Ten different types of toothpaste. More than ten. Fifty types of different toothpaste with various flavors, various emphasis. You want it with scope? More fluoride? What do you want? Want a small one, big one, large one, family size? Whatever you want. Let's go down another aisle. The meat aisle, my favorite one. What kind of meat do you want? 80% fat-free, 85%, 88%, 90%, 92%, 95%, 98%, 99%. And what kind of meat do you want? You want lamb chops? You want veal? What kind of steak do you want? How would you like us to cut it? Oh, and over there, there's pork. Oh, and over there, there's all kinds of chicken. Chicken legs, chicken wings, chicken breasts, organic chicken. Amazing. Oh, and by the way, I don't eat meat. I want a turkey patty. Oh, We have all kinds of turkey patties over here. You can make turkey meatballs, a turkey hamburger, you name it. It's unbelievable. Who would have thought? Okay, I want something to drink. I go to another aisle. Zillion types of soda. Caffeine-free with caffeine. Diet, not diet. Small, large, liter, whatever you want. Juices of every imaginable kind and every imaginable amount. They can come in little boxes for kids. They can come in little 
plastic bottles. They can come in big plastic bottles. They come in cans, whatever you want, however it works. And right there, there's water. There's purified water. There's spring water from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Water. Imagine that. How about potato chips? You want them ruffled? You want family size? You want light potato chips, lightly salted potato chips? How about pretzels? You want pretzel nuggets? You want pretzel sticks? You want regular pretzels, thin pretzels, dark pretzels, pretzels without salt? What kind of pretzels do you want? Over there next to the Fritos and the Cheetos and the rest of it. And you go to the other aisle. Wow. Look at all the different types of wine. They even have labels for different sections from California, from France, uh, from Israel. Am I allowed to say that? From all parts of the world and all parts of our country. It's amazing. Different prices, different kinds, different tastes, all kinds of stuff. Then go into the produce section. Gala apples. This, Macintosh apples, all kinds of apples. Then they have little signs that tell you what kind of flavors they are. This is more sour than that one. We've got the green egg, the granny apples. We've got the yellow apples, the this apple, the that apple. Wow. All kinds of apples. You want an orange? You want a tangelo? You want a tangerine? You want a halo? What do you want? Well, I don't know. There's too many choices. How about greens, which I don't much care for? All kinds of lettuce, even in bags where it's already mixed. All kinds of dressing, diet dressing, this dressing, that kind of dressing. It's incredible. I go up to the fish counter. There's lobsters. There's shrimp, big shrimp, little shrimp, cooked shrimp, not cooked shrimp, shrimp salad. There's lox, there's nova. Wow, there's grouper, there's flounder. There's orange roughy. Never seen anything like it. Except yesterday when I was in the same supermarket. How about nuts? I don't mean liberals. Nuts. Can you name all the nuts that are in your supermarket? Of course not. They come from all over the world and all over the country. It's amazing, isn't it? How about ice cream? Don't get me started on ice cream. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. 50 different flavors. All these different companies making it. Lactose-free even, believe it or not. I know that for a fact. It's amazing. And all these companies exist to cheat you. All these companies exist to cheat you. According to Elizabeth Warren, according to all these left-wing politicians, capitalism is a failure. You look at our shelves and our stores compared to any country that doesn't embrace capitalism in some form or another. Any country. Been to a mall lately? Can buy all kinds of shoes, all kinds of sneakers, all kinds of underwear, overcoats, shirts, blouses, skirts, pants. All different colors, all different styles, all different material. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing how that works. And anything else you want, pretty much, in the mall, 
jewelry. I don't need to go through it. Capitalism. Capitalism. You can heat a cold home. You can cool a hot home. How does that gasoline get to those pumps? I just pull into the gas station. I, I fill up and I go away. What's involved there? Capitalism. Somebody had to find it. Get it out of the ground. Refine it. Transport it. There's a lot of people involved in this. How did that steak get to the table? You don't even want to know. How about all those vegetables? People work very, very hard throughout the year, different seasons, to bring you those vegetables and those fruits and those nuts. Capitalism is a beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why politicians don't like it, especially left-wing politicians, is because it shows you that people can not only survive but thrive and succeed with very little government. And politicians want government, they want control, and they want power. And if you don't want those shelves to be empty one day, then you better start speaking up. If you want the government to control, and they will with this Green New Deal, the size of your home, I'm telling you, I'm not in the prediction business, but it's coming. The size of your home, control the amount of energy you can use, the amount of water you can use, control the kind and number of automobiles you can have, given on your family, given your family's population, or with these crazies with abortion, how many children you can have. Oh, I know the left will say, look at him, he's really crazy. No, I'm not. It never ends. Once you're unmoored from limited government and a constitutional system, Well, what will moor you? That is, what will control you? Nothing will control you. Look at this, this, this spat of ideas that have come forth to eliminate the private health care system. Everybody will have the same health care, which is none. Or, which is, uh, Not second class, not third class, but lousy, period. But don't worry, everybody will be equal in their misery and bleakness. Elizabeth Warren is a dangerous demagogue, as are all the rest who stand in her high heels. A dangerous demagogue. Just like that foolish 29-year-old out of New York that the media keeps promoting. Just like all the others on the radical, hard, progressive left. They don't know what they're talking about. They talk in abstractions. And the consequences are dire. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, you need to start defending your lifestyle. That's what capitalism, liberty, the Constitution is all about. Do you like your lifestyle? Do you want to trade it for something that these people can't even describe? For their bumper sticker promises? Do you really believe these people? Do you really believe they're such 
Einsteins, that they know everything about what they say and how they speak. You know, uh, when Kamala Harris talked about eliminating private health care, I thought to myself, what in the world does she know about any of this? Nothing. Nothing. And what in the world do they know about any of these industries? Man is imperfect. Systems are imperfect. Can you imagine if man was perfect? Mankind, for those of you. Or our systems were perfect? It's not possible. That's why many of us believe in God and we pray from time to time. Well, what makes government perfect? And what makes these leftists perfect? That they have all these perfect ideas. That health care is a right. That's not a perfect idea. That's a slogan. Or that we're going to eliminate paperwork. That's not an honest comment. It's a flat-out lie. We've experienced enough government over the last hundred years to know what government's all about. Unconstitutional government. Centralized power. Groupthink. Group identity. They are all a cancer. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. This is Liberty's 911 Hotline, the Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, every time you go online or use public Wi-Fi, you're putting your personal information in danger. So unless you take precautions, a hacker can grab your passwords or credit card information in seconds. Now, these hacks happen millions of times a day, and the victims have their personal information exposed or their identity stolen. So how can you protect yourself? The software I use is called ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone to stay secure online. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and encrypts all your data online as well. Now that means nobody can see what you do on the Internet, not even government spy agencies like the NSA or, for that matter, the Russians. The ExpressVPN app takes 90 seconds to set up on your home computer or your phone or even your business computer if you prefer. You click a button and poof, you're protected. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, visit expressvpn.com slash mark to get this special offer. Three months free with a one-year package. 
That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark today. Now, tomorrow is February 1st, of course, so this is the last day in January. February 1st is a very special day in the Levin family and the Bailey family, and that is the birthday of my first grandchild, my granddaughter, Sloan. She turns five, so point of personal privilege, as my buddy Oliver North used to say, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. Now, you might say, well, why don't you do it tomorrow? Because by the time I'm on the air tomorrow, she may not be able to listen to her grandpa. So happy birthday, Sloaney. You mean everything to all of us, and we love you very, very much. February 13th, is my mother's birthday. And she means everything to us, too. So I want to wish my mom a happy birthday on February 13th. And I look forward to seeing her very, very soon. As a matter of fact, tomorrow. And um, let us go on. Let me uh, continue with Elizabeth Warren on Bloomberg today. Cut 15, go. Is there room for private health insurance in your vision of the ideal American health care system? So let's start with the battle we're having right now and talk about the things we need to be doing, because I don't want to lose sight of this. Okay. It's, it's good to talk about our overall goal, and here's our overall goal. This is what distinguishes Democrats from Republicans. Democrats believe health care is a basic human right. And we fight for basic human rights. Our obligation is to make sure that everybody gets coverage at the lowest possible cost to all of us. <coughs> so what does that mean? Right now, it means fighting the Republicans who are trying to sabotage the Affordable Care Act. Isn't it amazing, these politicians? You see, ladies and gentlemen, health care is a right. Low-cost health care is a right. And how do we get it? by defeating the Republicans. This is just insanity. I'd like her to tell us exactly what her plan is. Obama lied through his teeth to us. You know, uh, over there at CNN, they had Senator Kennedy from Louisiana on, and he was berated by one of the hosts because Senator Kennedy... uh, said the shutdown wasn't really all that bad, and she said people are rationing their asthma medicine. You see, the people at CNN don't live in the real world. They really ought to travel the country. First of all, they ought to see all the great things that are going on in this country. All the great things that are going on in this country. But they should also see that when people are laid off, that it is difficult. But most people, when they're laid off, they don't get reimbursed for the time that they were laid off. They don't go back to their job. Their pension doesn't continue. And that's simply not the case in the government. It's simply not the case in the government. And I have to say, if you work for the government and you're in the government... And you can't put away a month or two months worth of money for you and your family? I don't understand why that's my responsibility, Mr. Producer, do you? Why are all the bad decisions of other people the responsibility of the public? 
I have no say in how people are handling their money, what kind of cars they buy, what kind of homes they purchase, whether they can afford them or not, how many TVs people have in their home, whether they take an extravagant vacation or have an extravagant anniversary party, whatever it is, whatever people do in their lives. All I hear is people had to ration their asthma medicine. Over a one-month period, they had to ration their asthma medicine, and they worked for the government? There's no excuse for that. That's not my responsibility. It's like I told you. When my ancestors came to this country, and most of yours, ration asthma medicine... You're a free people. You're a free people. You work for the government. You can't put a little bit of money away to pay for your asthma medicine. I have asthma medicine. Cost me $150 a month. $150 a month. The insurance covers like over $200 of it. And I have it here. You're telling me people don't have $150 a month who work for the government? Who are subsidized in ways that people in the private sector are never subsidized? I'm asking you, CNN, is that your story and you're sticking to it? I'd be embarrassed to be an example like that on CNN. I know a very few people I'm not talking about people who inherit a lot of money. I know very few people who were born with silver spoons in their mouths. The vast majority of Americans were not, hence the middle class. Some people are more responsible than others. And it doesn't mean because the quote-unquote government is shut down for 35 days and they don't deduct weekends and national holidays and all the rest of it, but I'll play along. It doesn't mean that all of those people who can't afford their asthma medicine, they have to ration it, have conducted themselves the way that they should. Now, I have told you, and it is true, that pharmaceutical companies have programs, every one of them. If you can show you're impoverished, if you can show you cannot afford the medicine, you fill out a form, you have doctors, a doctor sign the form, it is sent in, and they act within a week or 10 days. They act quickly. These programs exist. We have those programs in the private sector. We have Medicaid, which is a massive poverty program. All kinds of programs. And yet, none of it apparently works. $22 trillion in fiscal operating debt, $250 trillion in unfunded liabilities, and we're told... We don't have enough equality. Rich people don't pay enough in taxes. People are rationing their asthma medicine. You've got to keep the government open at all costs. You've got to fund the, the bureaucracy at all costs. Private sector is not treated this way. All these politicians do is beat up on the private sector. They pick us off one industry at a time. And unfortunately, too many of us are on the sidelines celebrating and cheering. They went after the oil companies before. Get them, get them, they're ripping us off. They go after the insurance companies. Get them, get them, they're ripping us off. What's next? I'll tell you what's next, the drug companies. 
Yeah, get them. They're ripping us off. Everybody's ripping us off. Meanwhile, I pay more in taxes. And most of you do. If you really look at it, where you have sales taxes, state income taxes, some of you have uh, local income taxes, property taxes, federal income taxes, capital gains taxes, death taxes. It never ends. Now, what the hell do you get for it? The government doesn't feed you. The government doesn't heat your home. The government doesn't provide you with air conditioning. Oh, they have these these programs, but you know what I mean. The government, they didn't make that dishwasher, that washing machine, and that dryer. They didn't make your automobile. They didn't make the gas that goes into your automobile. They didn't put a roof over your head. Meanwhile, what are we going to do? We want them to do more and more and more. For what? The government creates poverty. It creates economic dislocation. I'll give you a perfect example. You may not remember this, but there was a big debate about this during the Obama administration. This is a piece I've been meaning to get to anyway from the Free Beacon, another great website. Study. Anti-franchise rules killed 375,000 jobs since 2014. 375,000 private sector jobs that this CNN host could give a damn about, she could give a damn about all those people and their asthma medicine and so forth and so on. An industry study found that the Obama administration's crackdown on franchising has cut hundreds of thousands of job openings and dealt a $33.3 billion blow to the economy each year dating back to 2015. This is what the left does. A report put out by the International Franchise Association and a Chamber of Commerce found that the Obama administration provoked an existential threat to the franchise model in which small business owners, and that's what they are, operate under the umbrella of a national corporate brand. The Obama administration departed from decades of precedent when the National Labor Relations Communist Board held the parent companies could be held liable for labor violations committed by franchisees. The report estimated that the new joint employer standard set curtailed expansion in the industry, leading to between 142,000 and 376,000 lost job opportunities, a 2.5% to 5% reduction in the workforce. All of this economic cost was predictable and avoidable, IFA spokesman Matthew Haller said. Franchise owners have incurred significant losses. Now, we can go on. They don't give a damn. They're on to their next project on the left. Look at all the people who lost their jobs. Look at all the job opportunities lost. They don't care. The private sector is not treated like politicians making claims about more government and more programs and what they're going to do for you. These are snake oil salesmen. I'll be right back. in. As I've said before, we believe in the American dream, not the old Soviet dream. And apparently many of these politicians disagree with us. And they have a lot of people who support them, who are bamboozled. Many of them are first generation in this country. 
They've never had the Constitution explained to them, or maybe they don't speak English well, which makes it difficult. Uh, others are just hardcore leftists, been indoctrinated, many are activists, and we're up against it now. And if you like your lifestyle and you like this country and you want your children to enjoy the kind of freedom and prosperity that you are, despite all the attacks that this doesn't work and that doesn't work and the other thing doesn't work and they have the answers and they're going to fix it. Look look at these malcontents and these miscreants. Who the hell is Elizabeth Warren? Why would you put your life in her hands? Who the hell is uh, Kamala Harris? Who the hell are these people? That they come on the scene, they have good marketing, they know how to play the media, they know how to get elected, and all of a sudden they know everything. They know how to run not just an industry that they've never even been involved in. They know how to run the whole damn economy. You have to be a complete idiot to vote for somebody like that. You know, this Valentine's Day, try something different. Give the gift that will transform your bedroom into a luxury suite night after night with brand new set of ball and branch sheets. They're the softest and most comfortable sheets in the world, made from pure 100% organic cotton. Now, because they sell directly to you at BowlandBranch.com, and that's B-O-L-L and Branch.com, there are no middlemen markups. Their sheets are half the cost of designer brands and twice the quality. Plus, they arrive beautifully packaged, making them the perfect gift for Valentine's Day. Bowl and Branch sheets have thousands of five-star reviews and hundreds of thousands of Americans, including three presidents, including me, are sleeping better than ever on ball and branch sheets. Try them risk-free for a month, folks. There's no risk. I really want you to jump in now. Now's the time. Try them risk-free for a month. Nobody does that who sells sheets. Get $50 off your first sheet of sheets plus free shipping from promo code MARK. Use promo code MARK. That's $50 off plus free shipping at bowlandbranch.com, promo code MARK, bowlandbranch.com, spelled B-O-L-L, and branch.com, promo code MARK. I really want you to try them. It's risk-free for a month. All you Levinites out there, go ahead and enjoy them, I'm telling you. Jose, Elmira, California, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA where we are live and national, and they have a fantastic program director and general manager there. Go right ahead. Hello, Mr. Levent. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure speaking to you, and I hope you understand that the people that listen to you uh, understand my my point. I'm from Cuba. We have a very bad connection. Can you kind of move or move to another corner of the house or something? Oh, uh, as I said... Car, All right, uh, Mr. Callscreen, I want you to call Jose back and see if we can get a better connection, because obviously I can't understand, and I, I apologize for that. Let's go to Chuck, Boston, Massachusetts, XM Satellite. Go. Hey, how you doing? I love what you do. Keep Thank it up. You, you and Thank Sean you. Hannity. All right, so if the Democrats are claiming that 80% of the drugs are getting through the ports of entry, aren't they admitting that putting up a wall would prevent 20%? Of the, the other 20% from getting in? Aren't they admitting that? Well, they are, but of course they're liars. How do we know what percentage of drugs are coming through the areas that are not monitored? Exactly. They just can't let Trump have a win. It's all political. And the smart people of this country are seeing what's going on. 
Democrats are not going to win 2020. Let me tell you something. These Democrats who got elected in Republican districts, I think some of them are in for a very rude awakening. Very rude awakening. Because they ran as moderates, most of them said that they were going to vote against Pelosi as their leader. Most of them, almost all of them, voted for her. And they're going right down that hardcore San Francisco line. And I can tell you, in a lot of these districts that are most that are that are majority Republican, even marginal, they're going to pay a price for this because they're giving their opponents in waiting plenty to run on. And you know what? This is another thing that the morons in Congress don't understand. The Mitch McConnell's, the commentators on cable TV, they don't understand. What's going to happen in two years? What may happen in two years as a result of the Democrats taking out these ultra-radical positions? Good call, Chuck. Todd Teddy, Chicago, Illinois, XM Satellite, where it is cold as can be. How are you? Yeah, my pipes are freezing, Mark. Unbelievable. Uh, you're on fire tonight. And But that said, you know, these rogue intelligence agencies... They're not even concerned about regaining the, the trust of the American people. And I really think that should scare the hell out of all Americans, that they're not even interested in trying to regain our trust. From the Roger Stone to the Awan brothers to Hillary lying, I mean, I can go on. Bottom line is they think that they're immune and that they're running this government, but we were forged in the fire of liberty. And my ancestors up until today, like me and you, are meant to stand up to authority. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call, and we'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Oh, hell, it fell out. Well, now i got to look it back up. I want to tell you this Green New Deal is just Marxism dressed up again as something else. We've talked about this over the years. It's all about grabbing power, the government controlling our industries, controlling our way of life. They already control our health care, but they're not done. This is what I keep warning people. And 
if you like the lifestyle you have, if you like the world you live in, your home and all the rest, they're all threatened by this. No, I'm not a scaremonger. This is the real deal. This is what's going on. I want to remind you about something. I want to remind you about something that I've written about and that we've talked about before, but people come and go in a radio program that's three hours long. Over 40 years ago, as I explained in Plunder and Deceit, philosopher and author Ayn Rand, in her book, Return of the Primitive, the Anti-Industrial Revolution, wrote presciently that the statists had changed their line of attack. She said, instead of their old promises that collectivism would create universal abundance and their denunciations of capitalism for creating poverty, they are now denouncing capitalism for creating abundance. Instead of promising comfort and security for everyone, they're now denouncing people for being comfortable and secure. The demand to restrict technology is the demand to restrict man's mind. It is nature, that is reality, that makes both these goals impossible to achieve. Technology can be destroyed and the mind can be paralyzed, but neither can be restricted. Whether and wherever such restrictions are attempted, it is the mind, not the state, that withers away. Now look around the world and you know what she's talking about. She went on, to restrict technology would require omniscience, a total knowledge of all the possible effects and consequences of a given development for all the potential innovators of the future. Short of some omniscience, restrictions mean the attempt to regulate the unknown to limit the unborn, to set rules for the undiscovered. A stagnant technology is the equivalent of a stagnant mind. A restricted technology is the equivalent of a censored mind. Now, when you think about this, how brilliant she was. What is capitalism? What are free markets? They're freedom. Freedom of what? To innovate and create. Freedom of the mind. If you're told you can't go down this road, you can't go down this road, you can't go down this road, then they shut off the creativity and the productivity and the innovation of the mind. Capitalism is about voluntary commercial activity. That's all it is. It's about individual liberty. It's about freedom of the mind, creativity and innovation. Now I point out that there's these degrowthers, that's what they used to define themselves as. You don't hear that anymore. I don't know why we don't take the language back. It's so frustrating to me. And they, they used to call themselves degrowthers. Just like all bad ideas, this was imported from Germany and, and much of Europe. The so-called environmental movement today has transmuted into an aggressively nefarious and primitive faction. Naomi Klein, who's somebody who the left admires, who I detest, in recent interviews, she talks about, she's a uh, fanatical anti-capitalist and so-called climate activist. She proclaimed, and I quote, capitalism increasingly is a discredited system because it is seen as a system that venerates greed above all else. There's a benefit to climate discussion to name a system that lots of people already have problems with for other reasons. She said, I don't know why it is so important to save capitalism. 
It's a pretty battered brand. Just focusing on climate is getting us nowhere. Many, many more people recognize the need to change our economy. This is where the Green New Deal comes from. If climate can be our lens to catalyze this economic transformation that so many people need for other, even more pressing reasons, then that may be a winning combination. This economic system, she wrote, is failing the vast majority of the people. Capitalism is also waging a war on the planet's life support system. So they basically have followed her, the Pied Piper of communism, in my humble opinion. And so they've now rebranded their degrowth movement into a Green New Deal. So you have the combination of radical environmentalism and Marxism socialism. The Green New Deal sounds pretty cool because they have stolen the word green. Now this degrowth movement, that's what I've come to call it, that's what they used to call themselves, originating in Europe but now taking a firm hold in the United States, the degrowthers include in their ranks none other than Barack Obama. And the degrowthers define their agenda as follows, and I quote from their own documents, Sustainable degrowth is a downscaling of production and consumption that increases human well-being and enhances ecological conditions and equity on the planet. It calls for a future where societies live within their ecological means, with open localized economies and resources more equally distributed through new forms of democratic institutions. It's Marxism. They go on. It's an essential economic strategy to pursue in overdeveloped countries like the United States. See, we're overdeveloped. For the well-being of the planet, of underdeveloped populations, and yes, even of the sick, stressed, and overweight consumer populations of overdeveloped countries. Their phrases work their way into the mainstream, via the media, via the Democrat Party. So we're an overdeveloped country. Now, when you overdevelop, you've got to deal with it, right? For its proponents and adherents, I write, degrowth has quickly developed into a pseudo-religion and public policy obsession. In fact, the degrowthers insist their ideology reaches far beyond the environment or even its odium for capitalism and is an all-encompassing lifestyle and governing philosophy. Some of its leading advocates argue that, quote, degrowth is not just an economic concept. We shall show that it is a frame constituted by a large array of concerns, goals, strategies, and actions. And as a result, degrowth has now become a confluence point where streams of critical ideas and political action converge. Degrowth is an interpretive frame for a social movement understood as the mechanism through which actors engage in a collective action. I'm just quoting their documents. Now, the degrowthers seek to eliminate carbon sources of energy. And you've heard AOC go on about we need to eliminate this in 12 years. And redistribute wealth according to terms they consider equitable. They reject the traditional economic reality that acknowledges growth as improving living conditions generally, but especially for the impoverished. They embrace the notions of less competition, large-scale redistribution, sharing, and reduction of excessive incomes and wealth. Degrowthers want to engage in policies that will set, quote, a maximum income or maximum wealth, I I quote them, to weaken envy as a motor of consumerism, and open borders, no borders, to reduce means to keep inequality between rich and poor countries. 
Do you better understand what I'm talking about here? It's not an environmental movement. It's a Marxist movement. To control the economy and to eliminate the borders. Now you see the resistance. In building a wall. Because they work. Goes, goes further. And they demand reparations. By supporting a, quote, concept of ecological debt. Or the demand that the global north, that would be us, pays for past and present colonial exploitation in the global south. Quote, unquote. Want to hear more? This is who they are. McConnell has no idea what's going on. McCarthy has no idea what's going on. These freaks are running circles around them. French economist and leading degrowther Serge Latouche. I could say something, but I won't. Asserts that, quote, we are currently witnessing the steady commercialization of everything in the world. Applied to every domain in this way, capitalism cannot help but destroy the planet much as it destroys society. Since the very idea of the market depends on unlimited excess and domination. He also abhors economic growth and wealth creation, the very attributes necessary to improve the human condition in societies. He said a society based on economic contraction cannot exist under capitalism. So we are overdeveloped. We need economic contraction. And indeed, on July 18, 2014, four and a half years ago, scores of extreme groups throughout the world endorsed a proclamation titled in English, climate change. Subtitled, Changing the System, Not the Climate. Which calls for, among other things, an end to the capitalist hegemonic system. Degrowth is, they write, usually characterized by a strong utopian dimension. Its foundations rely on a version of economic relations based on sharing gifts, reciprocity, where social relations and conviviality are central. Now, to implement this utopian vision of radical egalitarian outcomes, the degrowth movement employs strategies such as, quote, alternative building, opposition, and research. And in relation to capitalism, they, can't, they can be anti-capitalist, post-capitalist, and despite capitalism. The degrowthers insist that governments establish a living wage and reduce the work week to 20 hours. You'll, you'll see these proposals or something similar to it happening soon. On the living wage, you've already heard that there ought to be a minimum income for every person. It comes out of this movement. This Marxist movement dressed up as an environmental movement. A Green New Deal. Apparently discounting the fact that the population of the globe has increased by several billion human beings in the intervening years, they call for bringing, quote, material production back down to the levels of the 60s and 70s and returning to small-scale farming. Gee whiz, Mao would be proud. And degrowthers, quote, decree a moratorium on technological innovation pending an in-depth assessment of its achievement and reorientation of scientific and technical research according to new aspirations. Imagine the power and breadth of the police state necessary to enforce this this form of autocracy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we don't need to look far. In 1848, in the Communist Manifesto, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels declared in part, the bourgeoisie cannot exist without constantly revolutionizing the instruments of production. 
and thereby the relations of production, and with them the whole relations of society. Constant revolutionizing of production, uninterrupted disturbance of all social conditions, everlasting uncertainty and agitation distinguish the bourgeois epoch from all earlier ones. We're all bourgeoisie, you see. All fixed, fast-frozen relations with their train of ancient and venerable prejudices and opinions are swept away. All new-formed ones become antiquated before they can ossify. All that is solid melts into air, and all that is holy is profaned. And man is at last compelled to face with sober senses his real conditions of life and his relations with his kind. The need of a constantly expanding market for its products chases the bourgeoisie over to the whole surface of the globe. It must nestle everywhere, settle everywhere, establish connections everywhere. And this, you see, is persuasive to the knuckleheads. This is the degrowth, the anti-industrial revolution movement. The degrowthers would deindustrialize advanced economies, destroy modernity, and turn plenty into scarcity. As, as utopian status, degrowthers reject experience, knowledge, and science for a paradisiacal abstraction while claiming to have mastered them all. Ultimately, for the more fanatical among them, the ultimate pers- purpose is revolution and transformation. The environment is incidental, if not extraneous, to their central mission, except as a cunning stratagem. Most Americans do not wish to throw themselves into a regressive primal lifestyle. They enjoy the abundance of untold human benefits and improvements resulting from entrepreneurship, capitalism, and economic growth. So the degrowth movement has attempted to conceal its pagan-like militant opposition to fossil fuels and carbon dioxide by mainstreaming its agenda with politically generated and well-funded campaigns. Hey, Green New Deal! Promoting what was once called man-made global cooling, then man-made global warming, and now man-made climate change. Nonetheless... Like most dogmatists, the degrowthers are impatient. The revolution is now, and change must be immediate. Thus, the degrowthers' agenda is built around hysterical doomsday predictions of environmental Armageddon, which can only be avoided by the imposition of their severe, ideologically driven agenda. That is exactly what's taking place. This book was written... How many years ago? Not that long ago, 2015. Well, here it is, front and center. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark, what you're telling us is so depressing. No, what I'm telling you is taking place. And we need to be informed about what's taking place. That's why I'm telling you. There's a reason these things are happening. They don't just happen. There's a reason for this. And there's a reason why the Republicans are not prepared or simply do not want to engage. We're up against a force in this country that other societies have confronted too, except in the case of our country, it's been so successful, we're so large, we have so many people that they've taken a different tack. And it's a more diabolical tack. They are using our institutions against us. They are using our institutions against us. They're using liberty to promote their form of tyranny. 
This is a big deal, isn't it? That's what's taking place. And unfortunately, most of these people in politics on the Republican side don't get it. They don't get it. But now you get it. So when you hear these phrases that all of a sudden pop up, they didn't come out of nowhere. The Green New Deal, trying to figure out how best to market their tyranny. A right to health care. Yeah, you know, like at the VA and Medicaid, a right to health care. You have a right to lousy care or no care under their system. Everybody has a right to crap. Now, in Venezuela, you have a right to toilet paper. Problem is, there is no toilet paper. In Venezuela, you have a right to eat at a fair price. Problem is, there's no food. In Venezuela, right? You have a right to free college. The problem is nobody's going to college right now in Venezuela. I don't know how many human disasters, human experiments we need with this ideology in one form or another to wake us the hell up. Why would you trade this country, this society, this economic system for what a few jerks are out there peddling? And why aren't there enough people who can confront them and say these things? I'll be right back. It's tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right. Don't you just love it when something that's already amazing gets even better? Gets even better. Well, that's the case with the ex-chair. The makers have taken what is arguably the most comfortable and supportive office chair in the world and made it even better. X-Chair is introducing wider seats in the X3 and X4 models. That means extra support for those of us with wider bases. And the good people at X-Chair are constantly innovating to help improve your working comfort and productivity. Mr. Uh, Producer, what is their brand new website again? Could you give it to me? Okay, just want to make sure because I don't want to give out the wrong one. It's very hot, this chair. That is, people want it. So I want to make sure I give out the right site. Now, you can finance the purchase of your X-Chair for as little as $30 a month. That's pretty good. And seriously, for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee, you can make 2019 your most comfortable and productive year ever by getting yourself an X-Chair. An X-Chair is also on sale now. It's $100 off. Here's what I want you to do. There's no risk here. It's got a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or call our toll-free number, 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, as I said, no-questions-asked guarantee for complete satisfaction. So there's no risk whatsoever. Go to xchairlevin.com, and by the way, if you use code Levin Footrest, you'll also get a free footrest. So now's the time. Let's flood their phone. That's always fun, you Levinites out there. Flood their phone. Get yourself a great chair. You can finance it. And your satisfaction is guaranteed. 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. And I cannot stress enough how comfortable this chair is. 
Your chair isn't made for everybody. Your chair is made so it can conform to you. And I'm telling you, I sit in it all the time. I'm writing a new book. I'll sit in it till 3 in the morning. And sometimes I'll get up very, very early and work through the day, prepping for radio, prepping for Levin TV, and working on my book. How many people have four jobs? I mean, good Lord. Anyway, check them out, please. Go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or call one 844 All right, I've got more. I should probably hit it. Nancy Pelosi. Boy, she is a uh, dangerous human being, isn't she? Well, she said, we're not we're not participating in this wall stuff. Cut one, Mr. Producer. Go. You said that earlier, just a minute ago, you said that the committee should be left to a consensus of its own devices. Yes. Whatever the product is, are you committed to allowing a floor vote? Um, whatever conference uh, agreement that they have, are you committed to bringing that to the floor vote? Well, if they come up with a bipartisan consensus, of course. Even yeah. if it includes border wall money, though? We're not no, of course not. No. Go ahead. Right now, they're having a negotiation over it in there. There's not going to be any wall money in the. In the so in she the has directed the people she has sent into this negotiation no wall money, period. Now, she has a, uh, a mental condition. Say wall, and she bangs her head against the wall. It's very bizarre. Have you ever seen this? Now, I'll say, Nancy Pelosi, I'll say this for the left out there, is fascistic in her thinking and in her demands. The media go on and on. We need bipartisanship. We need to meet halfway. We need to do this. We need to. And then Nancy, they cheer her on. And when the president gives a three-week period of time to negotiate, he is said to have caved. Now, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't about Pelosi. It's not even about the president. It's about us. She does not want to protect this country. She does not want to protect you. She does not want to protect our communities. She doesn't want to catch the bad guys. She comes out of a sanctuary city. She's a radical kook. Go ahead. Uh, the, um, however, if they have some suggestions about certain localities uh, th- where. Um, and she's incoherent. Mashed potatoes for brains. <laughs> Go ahead. Some infrastructures, I said, about the ports of entry. We might need more ports of entry. What do you mean infrastructure, like building restrooms? What are you talking about? And ports of entry. Okay, we got it with the ports of entry. How about the other areas, the other thousand miles that aren't ports of entry? (laughs) Go ahead. Some roads. That's that's part of the negotiation. It is not a negotiation for the president, say. What Congress... Congress What is with her? What is with her? She thinks about the president and she chokes herself. (laughs) Go ahead. Doesn't matter what Congress does. I knew that he wanted it all to himself. I mean, really? A president who wants to have Congress be completely irrelevant? You're such an idiot. You sound like an idiot. Um... Now watch how clever she thinks she is, because somebody whispered this in her ear. Cut to go. 
And by the way, when some of these fences were born, were born. Okay, fences aren't born. And in the case of many people in your party, human beings aren't apparently either. Go ahead. The technology was not what it is today. So you have to look at Well, technology. hold on, hold on now. They've got new type walls, new designs for walls that they want to put in place. But a wall is a wall. Is she going to do this? We don't need a fourth or fifth century solution for today's time and day. What? Wait, we don't, we don't need a fourth and fifth century solution. Well, we don't need a fourth and fifth century ideology, Nancy, like yours, for today's time and day either. I don't know what they mean by a fourth and fifth century technology. I got walls in my house. Do most of you have walls holding up your roof? I think we do. They're walls. They're called walls. Go ahead. New form. Just as we say that should we all just oh, get landlines in our homes so we have smartphones? Oh, well, what should okay. we be doing? Well, I have smartphones. I have some landlines. And I have walls. You know, like the walls in your multiple estates and the walls that surround your multiple estates? You idiot. Like the padded cell walls that you should be... Uh, go ahead. That's like a landline versus the technology that our, um, our personnel on the border should have. That's it? She speaks in staccato. You know what staccato is? Okay, whatever. Now she goes on about Trump. She's obsessed with Trump. I'm starting to think she really likes Trump, if you know what I'm saying, Mr. Producer. Cut three, go. During the government shutdown, we heard from President Trump and his offering to provide three years of protection for DACA recipients. I'm wondering if in these current negotiations, if the fate of Dreamers is being discussed or, you know, are Dreamers getting lost in all of this? Dreamers? Dreamers? See how how the vocabulary changes? Illegal alien children, some of whom are 36 years old. The Dreamers. I've hit on this a thousand times over the years, haven't I? They're dreamers, and your kids are what, schlubs? Do reporters ever call your kids dreamers? Those Coventry, Kentucky kids, were they called dreamers, or were they called something else? Dreamers. Wow. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Clarify what the president did. Comments. He said he wanted to protect the DACA. What he did was... He took away the protections DACA had. He took away the protection TPS, uh, temporary protective status. He took uh, away their protection. I don't see them being deported. There's anyone, there's like 1.2 million of them. Are they being deported? No. He, 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 he took away their protection. He, he, he uh, 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 took away he, uh, uh, temporary, if, uh, uh, go ahead. People in our country had and took away uh, an, a, an initiative of President Obama uh, to facilitate amnesty. Um, uh, oh, questions. he took away an initiative of President Obama to facilitate amnesty. Well, you're not allowed to do that. Obama's God, and these are dreamers. God and dreamers. You can't get involved. You can't get in the way of God and dreamers. No. You mean President Trump was taking away amnesty? Ooh. Can't have that. We need more Democrats. Go ahead. 
in the country, in the country of origin. He took those away. If anybody can understand the last three minutes of her ramblings, of her convulsions, of her regurgitations, would you please call me and tell me? Go ahead. And he said, I'm going to give these back to you temporarily if you give me a loan. Look, you idiot, and you are an idiot. Against my wishes, he offered you amnesty. He offered amnesty for DACA, didn't he, Mr. Producer? He offered amnesty for DACA, and you wouldn't take it because it didn't go far enough. Because unless it comes out of your mouth, it can never come far enough. That is, no matter what a Republican says in response to her and the Democrats, it'll never be enough. What, amnesty? No, we, no, no. We want to actually give amnesty overseas and import people into the United States. Yes, yes. Go ahead. ...them away in the first place. These protections were there. Ah, until- shut up, you idiot. Now, there's more. I know it's like waterboarding, isn't it? It's like uh, pulling your fingernails out with a pliers. Cut four, go. Yeah, so, and then in terms of this negotiation, uh, it's up to the uh, conferees to negotiate, but the point is, what is the best way... As long as there's no wall, they can negotiate all they want, you see. It's perfectly fine. Go ahead. Our our border. And you've heard some of the ideas that are there, many of which uh, the president talked about in that speech as well. We recognize, as I said, 90% of of what we're concerned about, whether it's drugs or whatever, comes through the ports of entry. How do you know that? How do you know that? It's a long border. We don't have eyes and ears everywhere. We certainly don't have fencing and walls everywhere. How do you know that? She has no idea. As she once said to the secretary of DHS, I, I don't believe your facts. Go ahead. I'm stronger with roads to go with it so that we can She has it. no idea what the hell she's talking about. I don't know when the last time is she walked that border... All I know is what the Border Patrol wants and ICE wants and the President of the United States, who's in charge of both, what he wants, the Department of DHS, Homeland Security, what they want. Instead, i got to listen to this idiot, this idiot from a sanctuary city who can barely complete a sentence and any word with more than two syllables. I'll be right back. Lovin. Now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our freedom, yours and mine. Too many representatives don't understand how to preserve liberty, and of course some, especially so-called progressives, actually seek to diminish it. I'm not expecting these progressives to learn these things, but we must. We must. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now that's why, for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely for free, to equip you and me to know what we should expect from our Congress. Hillsdale's on a mission to restore liberty in our great country, and you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. 
What would we do without Hillsdale College? Seriously. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore at levinforhillsdale.com. I like what the president had to say today in response to what Nancy Pelosi is up to. Cut five, Mr. Producer. Go. Pelosi said this morning that there is not going to be a wall in this deal, but she did say she'd be open to other kinds of physical barriers. Would you accept that? No, because if there's no wall, it doesn't work. She's just playing games. So if there's no wall, it doesn't work. And we're building the wall right now. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but we have a lot of wall under construction. We've given out a lot of contracts over the last three, four weeks, good contracts. A lot of wall is soon going to be under construction. Uh, We will be, we're finishing up design on certain areas, the most important areas, the Rio Grande area and others. Uh, We are building a lot of wall. You know, I'm not waiting for this committee. And I've told a lot of people, I don't expect much coming out of the committee because I keep hearing the words that we'll give you what you want, but we're not going to give you a wall. And the problem is, if they don't give us a wall, it doesn't work. Without a wall, it doesn't work. Cut six, go. On February 15th, the committee will come back. And if they don't have a wall, I don't even want to waste my time reading what they have because it's a waste of time. Because the only thing that works for security and safety for our country is a wall. Now, when you couple the wall with sensors and drones and all of these other things, that works as a combination. But if you don't have a wall, they're all just wasting their time. It's just politics. It's the president of the United States, the commander in chief, who has a broad overview of what's taking place, the Department of Homeland Security, the Border Patrol, ICE, which the left wants to abolish. They're all saying exactly the same thing. Now, do you want to believe them or a congresswoman from a sanctuary city called San Francisco who can't even speak, who can't even think? Notice how the media don't don't mock her. But anyway, before you throw the president under the bus, and Coulter and others, why don't we wait and see how this works its way out? I believe there'll be a National Emergencies Act decision. We've talked about this at great length since it first came up. All these people like McConnell who have a problem with it. McConnell was elected years and years and years ago. This law has been in existence since 1976. He's trying to make it sound like a radical decision to trigger it. This damn thing's been triggered over 50 times since 1976, and over 30 emergencies that were triggered are still in place. I don't understand. If it was unconstitutional, where are all the constitutionalists before? Because they're frauds and they're phonies. The only reason Mitch McConnell opposes this is because it takes him out of the loop. But there is a crisis on the border. The people who live there know it. The people who work there know it. Law enforcement knows it. The people who are up in the Northeast, other parts of the country who don't have to deal with it, they don't know from Butkus. How much time do I have? How long is that Zeldin call? I want you to listen in part to a voicemail that was left on Congressman Zeldin's phone. He's the only Jewish Republican in the House. Go ahead. Uh, Lee Zeldin, I'm looking at you right now on television, call people anti-Semitic, Senator Chang, uh, Minister Farrakhan, anti-Semitic. Everybody's anti-Semitic when it comes to talking about you people who have murdered black people systematically, enslaved them, 
read the secret relations between, between blacks and Jews by your so-called Jewish people. You're occupying the Palestinian region, and you murder people. You're worse than Hitler. You are worse than Hitler. Put this on speech when you set your ass up in Congress next time and talk about us giving money to you. goes maggot. on and on. This is a vile piece of you-know-what. This is the kind of call Zeldin gets frequently. It's the kind of calls that we get, people trying to get in here. I just wanted you to know. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, all our law enforcement friends. We'll see you tomorrow right here, ladies and gentlemen. God bless and be well. Be well.